We've got football coming up tonight. The NFL season kicks off with the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs playing host to the Houston Texans. Out on the diamond, it was a beautiful day for some baseball. And heading into 2020, many people thought there would be no high school football. Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. You're listening to WNCT 9 on your side Sports Talk with Sports Director Brian Bailey, Nolan Knight, and Kelsey O'Donnell. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining. You are listening to another episode of WNCT's Nine Year Side Sports Talk. I'm Kelsey O'Donnell, joined alongside, alongside Sports Director Brian Bailey. Nolan Knight joins us on the phone today from home ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday. First of all, I want to be the first uh, uh, to say to you guys, almost happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> How come we're working and no one's not? <laughs> hey, I'm I'm working over here. Like I I'm, I've already got the the backyard mode. I got to mow the front yard. Then I have to change all the light bulbs in my house. They got. I'm, He's I'm trying to earn his turkey dinner on Thursday. Think, is that the most work you've done all month? All month. <laughs> all oh, year. No, 2020. Come on. <laughs> I've been doing great. <laughs> also, on another double. exciting note, um, this is our 10th episode in, which I think is wow. really cool to make a note that of. That is a milestone. Yeah. It I is. I didn't think we'd make it five, so we made it 10. <laughs> We're going. Um, so I do want to start off with ECU basketball today to talk about uh, the men's were supposed to open their season today um, down in Fort Myers, Florida. They were going to play in the Gulf Coast showcase, but um, unfortunately pulled out due to COVID-19 concerns. Some positive news just released this afternoon. They will now open up on Friday in the newly created 49er Tip-Off Classic in Charlotte. Yeah, and that's going to be, you know, it's a neat deal for these teams because they'd already planned to play in Tennessee at, and with the volunteers were having a, right. a little tournament. And Tennessee has some problems right now, so they're able to, to still play some games. And, and you really want to get these games in if you can. They're going to miss some games. I think every college basketball team has to start the year saying, hey, we're going to miss some. We're going to have to try to figure out a way to make some of these things mm-hmm. up. So this would be good for Coach Dooley and company to get a chance to play and and when you look at it, I mean, it's it's a you know real good opponent on Friday afternoon, three o'clock. A lot of people are off for the weekend, you know, for Thanksgiving for the whole weekend. So that'd be fun to watch. Three o'clock start. Yes. Yeah, so the Pirates will open their season on Friday against the 49ers at 3 p.m. Like you said, and then they will take on Belmont Abbey the following day at 3 p.m. Both games will be played in Halton Arena. So fans will not also not be permitted right. during that tournament as well. The game will be broadcast on the uh, YouTube channel for UNC Charlotte. So uh, that'll be a chance for fans. You can catch that thing. I, I, I'm pretty sure there's no cost involved. So I think fans that want to see the game, and with all the smart TVs the way they are now, you can get YouTube pretty pretty easily on most of your TVs. And if you can't, you can find them on uh, your laptop or your iPad, that kind of thing. Yeah, and head coach Joe Dooley's third season with the Pirates. Um, they will welcome and open their home slate, excuse me, um, on Saturday, December 5th, to welcome Radford inside Menji's Coliseum as well. Yeah, so that, that'll be fun to get them back at the Coliseum, but with no fans allowed in the stands, it's just going to be really, really different. So uh, the Coliseum will have a different look to it. The way I understand it, they're going to bring all the bleachers in. And so, you know, and there will be very few people, you know, around the scorer's table or around the players. So it'll be a big big difference than what we're used to as far as pirate basketball is concerned. But how exciting is it that, that you know, ECU basketball is finally, you know, getting going. You know, when, when the news came out that they weren't going to be playing in Florida, it was a little disappointing because you thought that you might be able to, you know, see the Pirates in action uh, as soon as possible. And then, 
you know, I wasn't sure if they were going to get an, another game on the schedule. And, you know, how important is that it, are these two games for them? Because you think they haven't had any preseason scrimmages or anything. This is this will be the first time that they're playing, you know, anyone else with a different jersey on. So mm-hmm. they'll be a little more prepared than, you know, if, if they would have missed a week of basketball, then they would have been a week behind than, than most of the teams that they're playing. For instance, Radford had a game uh, today versus uh, Virginia Tech. If they were going to face off against them, then, you know, Radford would have already gotten a look at, at their guys. And, of course, when they do play Radford, at home, there is a local connection on that team. Keyshawn Porter of Southwest Edgecombe got a lot of playing time today for uh, Radford University. So it would be cool to see him in action in, in Greenville. That is exciting. That's what I was about to lead into, but you beat me to it. Um, moving now to the ladies, they are opening their season today on the road at Towson. They uh, just got underway at 2 p.m. this afternoon. Um, their first non-conference game of the season of their, this is going to opening up a two-game road slate for the ladies. I think it is really exciting. Again, second year for head coach Kim McNeil. She, When I was speaking with her, she was saying, you know, gone are the days of the cupcake she called them a cupcake non-conference schedule the easy non-conference schedules that they're gonna be playing these hard-hitting teams to prepare them for their conference games when they do roll around so today they're in Towson Friday they will be um, at Virginia and then they'll welcome um, Georgia at home this weekend yeah and that, that's a tough start right there you see Florida, uh, Georgia rather and and Virginia right there one two and Townsend will be tough too so that's a difficult start for Kim McNeil in her second year they also released their uh, their new jerseys today as well and they look pretty good so they'll be ready to go today it'll, it'll be nice to you know, finally see them in action. You talk about there's no longer any cupcakes, uh, you know <laughs> non-conference games and a lot of that has to do with the fact uh, there's just you know so so much parity in, in women's college basketball now than there was 10 years ago. Teams are talent levels are only getting higher and higher uh, when you're talking about women's basketball as um, the years go on. Mm-hmm. And all of this, of course, is COVID-19 permitting. We hope that um, there won't be too many changes to the schedule. Now, looking at ACC basketball as a whole, the Atlantic Coast Conference announced Tuesday, yesterday, that it has moved the 2021 ACC Men's Basketball Tournament from Washington to Greensboro due to the ongoing pandemic. And that's big news for the state, although it's not as big a news. if <laughs> It kind of depends on where we're at with the virus and if any fans will be allowed to even go to the Coliseum. But right. uh, still... The fact that, you know, for me, the virus started in Greensboro because that's where when we first, uh-huh. you know, when the the tournament was canceled on that Thursday and, and then shortly thereafter, the NCAA yeah. tournament was Everything canceled came and, crashing and down. it was really, you know, just bizarre. So uh, it, it's kind of coming full circle. And, and even though it won't be a typical ACC tournament uh, in Greensboro, it's still nice to have it back in North Carolina. So that is scheduled right now for March 19, 9th. Through the 13th. Excuse me, I'm getting a little tongue tied today. You're <laughs> nervous had about enough. Thanksgiving, are you? <laughs> no, I'll be spending Thanksgiving here. So, um, in the NBA, the All Star game has also been canceled for 2021. I'm not sure if you guys heard that news today yet or not. I hadn't heard that. Yes. I had not either. Yes, so that is the new report as of, oh goodness, I think about one o'clock this afternoon. Um, but moving to ECU football, what a great weekend to have a win here with the guys to come home to Greenville with um, over Temple. Yeah, and Temple was playing obviously left-handed with a fifth-string quarterback. Uh, they had a fourth-string quarterback ready to go, and then he got in trouble with some problems off the field. So they had to go to their fifth string, and and really the Pirates knew that on defense, and and really played well defensively, and went up against a depleted team. 
Uh, so it was kind of, you know, I, a win is a win is a win, and they'll certainly take it and run because Temple had won six straight. Temple had, had never lost to East Carolina mm-hmm. in the American Athletic Conference. So uh, any win is big for Mike Houston's program. We were talking about it at lunch today. You know, the Navy game basically was lost because Holt Naylor's couldn't play. Right. And, and and some people argue that, but 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 I, I looked at the tape and some of the plays in the tape and you know, they, they, they would have won that game, I think, if Holton Aylers had had a chance to play, and it's unfortunate he didn't. Uh, the Tulsa game was absolutely stolen. I mean, that's no mm-hmm. question about that. The American even came out and said as much just about. <laughs> so you're looking at a possibility of being 4-4 four and four and playing for a winning season this weekend. Mm-hmm. So they were that close to, to making that happen. SMU is, is going to come to town with a very good football team. 59-51 was the final last year. Right. Uh, SMU has a, a good quarterback in Buchel and an outstanding running back who's fourth in the nation, leading uh, ball carrier in the American. I forget his last name. His first name is Ulysses, and he's Ulysses something the fourth. I do remember <laughs> that part. That's just, you know, he's got a great <laughs> name. name. He's an outstanding running back. He's young. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be hard to handle on Saturday for East Carolina. Saturday is also senior day for the Pirates, but I was listening to head coach Mike Houston's press conference, the weekly press conference, and he was saying that, you know, this isn't going to be a regular senior day for them. And I do, my heart goes out to the seniors. They're not going to have their parents on the sideline. They won't be able to play for one last time in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium with fans, essentially, well, a full stadium. Um, they will have some fans, but not obviously a ton of them. But they've got their hands full. The on running back's name is Ulysses Bentley the Fourth. Bentley, oh, what a great wow. last name. Ulysses I mean, Bentley. They sound the like fourth, a car. <laughs> <laughs> the Bentley. They're driving the Bentley to Greenville uh, That's coming awesome. up this week. And Senior Day will be very different too, because only seven Pirates players will go through Senior Day. Mm-hmm. Most of those seniors, you know, because they get an extra year of eligibility, and they've already made plans to come back for next year. So that's that's a little different too because it's not going to be your typical you know fifteen seventeen nineteen member senior class. You're going to have seven people go through uh, senior day. They gave the seniors the option. They said even if you want to come back, right. you can still go through senior day. And a lot of them turned it down. And said no, I'm coming back. This is not my. I was senior just going to ask that if they had to. Um, yeah. What was your senior day like? Were you emotional? I wasn't so much emotional. I was more excited. Because um, when you ride the bench all the time, it's not really. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just okay, kidding. Okay, at least I played in college. Just, yeah, Come you on. did. I, oh, I played a lot in college. Not a Division One sport, but um, I played a lot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, no, it was fun. It was honestly more fun to play in front of more fans since it was a senior day. Um, it was the same day as spring game for Virginia Tech. So it was a, there was a lot going on on campus that day. So it was. It was a little emotional, but I was more excited than sad. Yeah. So, kind of piggy off and of uh, piggybacking off of what Brian was saying earlier, how th- they could be competing, you know, for fourth win. Think how different this season, you know, has been for East Carolina, and how different it, it could have been uh, if everything goes right. If they are four and four, they would have had, you know, if COVID wasn't a thing, they would have had their FCS opponent. They probably would have had a, another winnable game on the, the schedule. I mean, we were talking about East Carolina if they lost. Yesterday, it would have been the first time that they started the season one and seven since 2003. But if you look at it through the scope of that, I mean, they could be playing for possibly a, a bowl berth. To, you know, this upcoming Saturday, uh, the season's been so strange, and you know, it, it, it you don't know how to look at it through what lens with everything that's been going on. But that's a great that's a great point that you make that this you know they could be playing for uh, uh-huh. you know a fourth win and, instead of you know what it has been, which is you know at times just hoping for not the worst. 
So a lot of these teams are playing through December. Do you guys agree or disagree with not adding another game in December for East Carolina? Well, I think when you look at it, and, and I really wanted to see them add another game, but I didn't think about some of the ramifications. And mm-hmm. the big one is that you know school is out at East Carolina. Exams are over for you know, because they moved the schedule like they did. So if you're going to play an extra game, you've got to house all those players for an extra week. And, and the cost, it, it, you just can't figure out a way to offset the cost. I mean, there's, there's just mm-hmm. no, you know, with, with no fans and, and anything like that. So you're not going to make it. You're going to lose, you know, you're losing money by the day anyway. So I think you, when you look at that, uh, it's unfortunate because I think Mike Houston and company really wanted to play another game. You get another week of practice. You get another week to be with the kids because once they finish up Saturday, you know, they'll get out of town, you know, on Monday and you, they won't see the coaching staff again for like six weeks, yeah. you know, they'll be, they'll be gone. And so they've, they've talked to the, the pirate players about what to do during this time, how to stay in shape a little bit. And they come back in the middle of January when the second semester starts and, and they'll get with winter conditioning and, and then hopefully have a, a normal spring practice and mm-hmm. go from there. But uh, you, you, I, I've said this a number of times, you know, not having spring practice, not having summer camp, not having the winter conditioning last year, it hurt a team like East Carolina more so than, than a lot of teams, I think, because, you know, that's that's where they mold these kids. That's where they chisel these guys and get them, yeah. you know, ready to go. And, when you know, when you don't have that, you know, some of the guys did a good job of staying in shape, but it's, it's just not the same. Big John works on them hard, and, and you can tell when they get through all of that. I agree. Um, turning now to the ACC – NC State guys, what a game on Saturday! Obviously, they um, they beat Liberty fifteen to fourteen thanks to a blocked kick late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they were pretty. Uh, I, I think they were two score favorites in that game, which which I think didn't really tell you enough about how good you know Liberty was. That's a really good program that has a, a SEC quarterback uh, who led them uh, to a, a perfect record heading into that game. But NC State, you know, have have kind of quietly put together a really good season. You know, they, they started kind of slow. They had some COVID issues, had a couple of losses here and there. But, you know, under Dave Dorian, who if they really, you know, planked and had a really bad season, there could be talks about maybe a new head coach in Raleigh, mm-hmm. but they've ended up putting together a pretty good season. They get a top 25 win. Yes, it's over Liberty, but it's a top 25 win. And, and, and when you can manage to, to get those wins at home, and even if it comes off of a last second, you know, blocked field goal, it, it's still good for the culture of the program. And, you know, there's been a lot of questions about if Dave Dorian is, is the right guy at the helm in Raleigh and, and during COVID and all the issues that they've had this season, they've put together a solid record. And, you know, if they can win uh, another game and make it to a bowl game and win that game, they'll probably finish the season ranked in the top 25. I agree. Um, the Wolfpack rises 6-3 and three on the season. They'll head up to Cuse this weekend for their next game. Now, Notre Dame is a perfect 8-0, and they will play UNC on Friday in Chapel Hill. UNC's last game was back on November 14th against Wake Forest. Star Heels won 59-53. to How do you think Mac Brown and the Heels will match up having come off of a week off? Well, they've got to do something to shore up the defense because that Wake Forest game was just a track meet, and they were down <laughs> by a bunch in that yep. game. I mean, they, they struggled uh, defensively the entire you know afternoon. So uh, they've got to figure out something with that defense. And, and, and that's, a, that's a huge game in the ACC and a huge game nationally. I mean, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's big time. 
right, Nolan, you got anything to say about UNC coming up this weekend? Yeah, kind of just like what, what Brian was saying with that Wake Forest game with the track beat. They cannot afford to go down by more than two scores against Notre Dame. Uh, the offense is good enough for the Tar Heels to, to keep up with Notre Dame. And obviously they're going to give up a lot of points to Notre Dame because it's no secret that the Tar Heels don't have much of a defense this season. Mm-hmm. But but if they can, you know, keep the keep the football and, and run it as well as they have with Rose Hill alum Javante Williams, then they have a legitimate shot of, of knocking off um, the, the Notre Dame this upcoming weekend. They, they just got ranked in the college football playoff that was just released uh, last night. And mm-hmm. um, they have an opportunity to, to show the rest of the nation, obviously here in North Carolina, we know how good they are, but kind of put, put themselves on a national spotlight and show the rest of the, the, the nation that, that they are a real competitor and they've really turned things around in Chapel Hill. Uh, and as Brian was saying, a ginormous game considering the ACC championship, uh, as well as, uh, you know, even the college football playoff. All of that comes down on the line uh, between for this matchup. Such a strange season this year. But turning um, to our other North Carolina friend, the Duke Blue Devils will play Saturday at Georgia Tech. David Cutcliffe and his team have not played since November 7th. Which the last game was back against UNC. They lost fifty-six to twenty-four. Yeah, and they're still smarting from that loss. And and <laughs> you know this has been one of those years that you know you look at some of those teams in the Big Ten, which they got a late start because they decided to cancel everything. And so you know some of those teams are playing three and four and five games, but you know Duke not playing for a whole month in November. That's that's almost unheard of. I agree. Um, one other note: um, Alabama's Nick Saban tested positive again for COVID nineteen ahead of the Iron Bowl scheduled to be played against Auburn this weekend. He'll get tested again, though. <laughs> I'm sure it will be quick. Yes. Um, turning to the NFL, Panthers shut out the Lions last week, twenty to zero, twenty to nothing. Like you like me to yes. say. <laughs> um, they'll play the Minnesota Vikings this upcoming Sunday. Um, it's Bridgewater. He's still out, correct? Yeah. Yes. What a what a game it was for PJ Walker, the XFL quarterback makes his return to the NFL and, and wins his first career start. He went 5-0 and as a starting quarterback in the XFL, which um, which is poised to actually come back at, at some point in, in the future. No one knows where that is. But um, it, that's almost proving that a developmental league really could work in, in American football in a system because here's a guy that was written off that was you know not worth being uh, on an NFL roster that goes – and plays for the Houston Roughnecks, goes 5-0, and went undefeated. I, I think they gave him an award for an MVP. Gets an opportunity to start in Carolina, then wins a game uh, as well against the Lions team that has won three or four games this year. So, And he looked good, too. I mean, he looked poised. He, he didn't look uh, shocked when he was out there, had a couple of good throws. A lot of it had to do with how well the Carolina Panthers defense played this past Sunday. But, I mean, give the guy a lot of credit. What, a, what an awesome story that was after the fact. He had this really cool sound where his he talked about how his mother had a dream that he was going to play for the Carolina Panthers and win. And sure enough, uh, everything fell into place. Yeah, and this cool. was back when he was playing for the Colts as well, like three years ago. And it came full circle and he got an NFL start and he won the game uh, and looks like a viable backup. And when you win a game like that, you kind of give yourself an extra three years in the league. So. Uh, what a great win for him and the Panthers when, when they really needed it. I, I think they're just about out of the playoff race. Uh, but it, it's almost like when, you know, I, I hate to say this, but when East Carolina gets a win, it's good for the Mike Houston pro, uh, program and the excitement and the culture 
uh, in Greenville. It's kind of the same over there in Charlotte. When Matt Rule gets a win, it's good for the you know the culture of that Carolina right. Panthers team that's that's trying to rebuild with the new head coach. All right, and Carolina brought their brutal five-game losing streak to an end this past weekend. Turning to Thanksgiving, obviously you don't have Thanksgiving without some football games. The Lions will host the Texans at 12:30 right here on CBS. Cowboys are set to play the Washington Football Team at 4:30 on Fox, and the Steelers, the perfect 10-0 Steelers, were going to play the Ravens at 8:20 on NBC. Obviously, that primetime game that has now been canceled due to an outbreak of COVID-19 with the Ravens. Yeah, they're going to move that game to uh, Sunday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. so that'll be it's still a, a great matchup. And the Ravens really, you know, they're desperate for a win to get back. You know, so you're talking about them in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. the Steelers, I don't think they're 16 and 0 material, but so far they have been. They've done everything they have to do to win a game. So <laughs> hey, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Nolan, did you have anything with the NFL? No, I wish there was three games. Now I kind of wish that they pushed the games back so that we still have a you know, a, a late game because the best part is to finish finish Thanksgiving dinner and sit down on the couch and fall asleep yeah. watching the late game. Now I guess I'll just finish Thanksgiving dinner and just fall asleep. Yeah, it's interesting. We actually um, – <laughs> I was talking about that with our news director on our way up here, Bernie Ritter. Um, do you think they would push back some of the games? I know no, the programming no, is a no, little bit. They, they, they'll, they'll stick with, with what they've got because the CBS, yeah. all, all that those time periods, I would be shocked if they, if they moved anything around. Plus, you got – you know, four turkeys playing on Thanksgiving. <laughs> the best game was Pittsburgh and Baltimore. So, yep. you know, those those games aren't that attractive. Although, if you're a fan of one of the yeah. teams, which I happen to be, I'm very yeah, I can't believe what you're saying right now. Right, you I, can I, hey, your own team. I admit it. Playoff implications on the line between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins at 3-7. and seven. Well. All right. One last quick note. I do want to recognize our high school teams. Obviously, over the weekend, we had the NCIS AA eight-man state championship on Friday night in the Division II game. Uh, Hungo Christian played Bethel Christian. Bethel Christian came out on top 36-22. to Nolan, you were at that game. Can you run us through what you saw there? Obviously, Jalen Sims had an awesome game. He rushed for 235 yards and five touchdowns. Um, what was it like out there? There was so many great storylines uh, that took place during in, in that game. For example, Punga Christian had never played in a state championship game or won it, mm-hmm. uh, and they came in as the top seed uh, and came with a lot of confidence, and they were taking on a, a Bethel Christian team uh, that they had beaten to, to start their season. And uh, Bethel Christian had, was just ransacked by COVID all season. They had games canceled. They, had, they missed weeks of practice. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a, a team that going into the playoffs, going into the playoffs, it only played three games. Right. So just not much experience on the field, just you know, not many games played. Think they, I mean, they've been practicing since August, and they'd only played three games all season long. Uh, and sure enough, Bethel Christian was able to put it together, come from behind, uh, and win. So, so many different storylines. Uh, and yeah, I got to love it for Britt Crowder, great coach, great guy. And uh, they were battling it, and it was it was a good football game. A lot of times with eight-man stuff looks kind of sloppy, but uh, a back-and-forth battle uh, last Friday in Wilson at Community Christian. Super exciting for that team. Here, I want you guys to take a listen to head coach Brick Crowder after the game. It's unbelievable. You know, we, we lost the first game to these guys um, the first week of this season. Uh, we're up 22 to 20 at halftime. Then they ran away from us in the second half, 46 to 22. Then we had a break because of the coronavirus. We go up to Mary Hill, North Carolina, play a Lawrence Academy team, and we found ourselves down 14 to 8 at halftime. 
And, man, we just challenged these guys, and they have responded ever since that halftime up in Mary Hill. And uh, tonight is just uh, the icing on the cake from that moment. I couldn't be more proud of them. So, Nolan, like you said, a really awesome season for these guys, um, but exciting for um, the Division II state championship. Yeah, there was there were so many things that were strange with that Division II uh, state championship as well. There were only five teams that competed in Division II eight-man football. Only four make the playoffs. Uh, Wayne Christian is the other team that competes in Division II, but because they have um, homeschool players on their roster, they're not allowed to compete for any type of championship, so they don't make the playoffs. So essentially everyone that fielded a team in Division II eight-man football this year made the playoffs. Uh, so it, it was a different one, but at the end of the day, of the, all the teams that played, you know, Bethel Christian gets the championship. All credit due to them. Give them all the credit they need. But right. it was definitely a, a weird uh, sight going on in uh, eight-man football Division Two. That is. <laughs> and then on Saturday, the Division One state championship between JP Two and Parrot Academy. Parrot wins this one with a final score of I don't have it on here. Um, I believe it was forty to. 13. Um, I know Parrot, I was at that game and what a game. The JP2 scored the first two. So they went up um, 13 to nothing in the first half. I believe it was the first quarter. And then um, I know at halftime, JP2 was up 13 to 12. And then Parrot absolutely just ran away with it, scored 40 unanswered points um, and locked in their state championship and it was it's really exciting to watch these teams like I know we say each week but being able to feature these eight-man teams that we may not necessarily be able to catch all the time when we are in a typical touchdown Friday kind of schedule yeah it's, it's good to feature them when you can yeah and, and and they do get overlooked sometimes and it's unfortunate but they're, they're smaller you know smaller schools for the most part we usually do a, a better job of covering them in the playoffs and and here lately, we've done a better job just because JP2, you know, right. started. You know, we always looked out with, with Parrot and with Bethel C- Christian through the years, but you know, with, with one right a school right here in Greenville that's uh, trying to move up in the ranks. So uh, it's been fun to watch this year with with the public schools not playing until February, March, and I can't wait to see those guys play. But that's going to be really different. <laughs> Definitely will be cold. But here is uh, head coach Matt Beeman after they won their state championship on Saturday. Uh, this is very special, very special, because these guys faced a lot of obstacles this year. You know, we, we lost last year in the state championship, got stopped on the one-yard line. They bought into the weight program, gave me everything they had from that point on, and I felt like they earned it. The season started off, you know, rocky, and, and these guys kept believing in the coaching staff and believing in what we were selling, and they came out and just their last five football games were as good as I've ever seen a parent team. Good as he's ever seen a Parrot team play. That was definitely an exciting game, an exciting win for them because in that first half, they're kind of asleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they went into the playoffs as the fourth seed as well. Uh, almost kind of barely snuck in after they lost a couple of games to start their season. Uh, they were without their starting running back, Morgan McFall, who uh, played a huge role for them in the rest of the season, was a huge part of the deal why they managed to make the playoffs and then knock off St. David's as the one seed. And then, of course, uh, JP2 hit, who they had beaten earlier in the season. Uh, but but another situation with, with some really cool storylines with the fact that JP2's in just their second year of football and were already competing for a state championship, mm-hmm. while Parrot Academy, on the other hand, you know, started their season looking like they weren't going to make the playoffs. And uh, they make a run. And, and the same thing, just as you heard him say last year, we're in the state championship and we're a two-point conversion away uh, from winning it. So 
Uh, how fun uh, was it this year to cover eight-man football? I, you know, I only got to one game last year, and then this year, I mean, we really did treat them like they were the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens, you know, previewing almost every game, being at every game, because uh, it's all we had. And it was, um, you know, I, I think it, it put a nice spotlight on eight-man football, that, that there is some, some quality football to be played, uh, even at these smaller schools. And, um, you know, I guess the silver lining of all of this without having, you know, the public schools playing was the fact that we got to feature some of the schools that we don't normally get to. All right, that will pretty much do it. Do you guys have any other no. final notes? Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. All right, Nolan, you got anything else? Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of WNCT 90 Side Sports Talk. For Kelsey O'Donnell, Brian Bailey, Nolan Knight, thanks for listening.